Krom. You are listening to Bourbon and Barbarians, an actual play recording presented by the Cromcast. All right. Well, okay. So we're going to get started here. Uh, What we are putting together here is a basic expert uh, adventure. We're going to be running through uh, B2, the Keep on the Borderlands. We have... A number of player characters that have been generated here. And uh, I'm Luke. I will be the Dungeon Master for for this set of adventures. I'm Josh. I will be Gustav the Great, a cleric for this set of adventures. And I'm Jonathan, and I will be Yotas Orkneyson, a pit fighter. He sounds fearsome, dude. Well, I like to think so. <laughs> In addition to uh, the two characters that y'all have have put together, there's also Faldar Fardigger. He's a dwarf of the Deep Delving Clan, and he's uh, contracted you to go uh, reconnoiter some some potential uh, mine prospects that he's heard about that that lie far to the north in the uh, in the in the borderlands. So you'll have that NPC that'll be accompanying you. So you've taken this this classic module and added a little bit of your own flavor to it. That's right. That's right. We are going to be playing through the keep on the borderlands. And if anybody's familiar with that module, there's, there's some additions here as far as, as far as contact, uh, I'm sorry, as far as content, as far as uh, a pantheon of gods that the, the people follow there in the Northland. And, you know, just as far as, What's going to happen? There's a little bit more spice into this. Groovy. So as far as our house rules, we're basically going to be following, uh, like I mentioned, the basic expert uh, Dungeons and Dragons game. So this is where you have races as classes. So if you play an elf or a halfling or a dwarf, that is a class. Uh, so that's what we're going to be doing. As far as the the master sort of comprehensive rule set that we'll follow, we'll be using the rule cyclopedia uh, published by Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, but we do have a number of house rules that we'll be following, and we'll just quickly mention those before we get started. Uh, the first is skill checks uh, and ability checks. These will basically be determined by rolling some number of uh, six-sided die with the goal of run rolling under your attribute score. So a standard uh, ability check or skill check might be at a, 
a 3d6 level uh and that's analogous to how you might be rolling up your your attributes when you generate your character so the goal is to roll under that score that's that's something we're going to try out uh in addition uh if you are a magic user uh whether it's an arcane or a cleric spell there will be sort of a 50% redundancy rule that I'm going to bring into things. So if you memorize the same spell twice, you're going to get that spell one more time for free. Uh, so you're going to be able to maximize your usage of Cure Light Wounds or Magic Missile if you're a low-level uh, adventuring mage or cleric. That's, that's uh, really it as far as magic. And as far as melee... If you are attempting to wield two weapons, uh, one in each hand, you'll face a negative four penalty uh, on your offhand. Uh, so, John, in your case with your pit fighter, if you're if you're wielding, uh, you know, a weapon in that offhand, that second attack roll, you'll have a negative four. It'll basically be harder for you to hit with that offhand. You okay. know, uh, that's the idea there. Uh, similarly, if you're wanting to do some sort of called shot, like say you're wanting to shoot the the apple out of the, the player's hand that's across the, across the field, you're in the archery contest and you're wanting to do that, you're going to face a negative four penalty for that called shot. Uh, and then as a final note about uh, damage that's rolled during combat any sort of critical hit that is a natural 20 in the system will result in maximum damage there's no doubling of damage there's no rolling to confirm anything like that it's just maximum damage uh you guys are probably going to be facing a lot of big bad uh goblins and orcs and whatnot throughout the adventure so hopefully there's going to be a lot of critical hits but many of them will probably be you know at your expense Okay. Sounds good. Do you have any questions, John? I, I'm sure they will come up as we go. <laughs> okay. So really briefly, Luke and I have played D&D together before and have been in a couple of campaigns, um, uh, you know, from, from D&D to uh, uh, Savage Worlds. We've played several systems and, mm -hmm. and gamed for a while. John, you, is it true that you've never played uh, any tabletop role-playing games? I, I've never even watched one, I don't think. So, okay. yeah, I have zero experience points in this <laughs> awesome encountering. You're a level zero character. That's cool. Yes. Yeah, and so, so you know, Josh and I have both played various RPGs throughout our lives. I've played uh, basic D&D. &D. Like, when I first started playing, I played through, like, I guess the Black Box uh, Adventures a couple different times, and that's sort of how I got started before we started playing, like, second edition AD&D &D throughout the 90s. That's kind of what I grew up on. This is a little bit more simple. It's a little bit more complicated in that not everything is totally streamlined. There's instances where you want to roll over a target number, under a target number. There's a little bit differentiation, but we're going for that old school feel. That's what we're all about. We haven't even brought up Thaco yet. We'll wait, I guess, until yeah. combat starts. We'll roll with that okay. as we get to it. Okay, so... I, I do have one more question. Yeah, first. hit me. Is my soul going to go to hell now because I'm playing Dungeons & Dragons? Because that's what Tom Hanks taught me in a made-for-TV movie. <laughs> Did you you, were, have you seen that? I've seen bits and pieces of it. You were just talking about that the other day. I just rented it like a week ago uh, and watched it. Holy <laughs> hell, I had never watched that, uh, Mazes and Monsters. That is horrible. That is a horrible, horrible <laughs> movie. 
But it was a lot of fun. (laughs) The borderlands of the north are a very hard place. Always the forces of chaos encroach upon the realms of men, seeking to enslave its populace, rape its riches, and steal its treasures. If it were not for a stout few... Many in the world were, would indeed fall prey to the evil which surrounds them. Yet there are always certain exceptional and brave members of humanity. Men, elves, dwarves, and the small folk, many will rise above the common level and join battle to stave off the darkness which would otherwise consume the land. Bold adventurers set off for the borderlands to seek their fortune. It is these adventurers who provide that they survive the challenge, carry the battle to the enemy. Such adventurers meet the forces of chaos in a testing ground where only the fittest will return to relate the tale. Here, these adventurers will become skilled in their profession, be it fighter or mage, cleric or thief. They will be tried in the fire of combat, and those that return hardened and more fit. True, some few who do not survive the process will fall from, from law to in goodness to serve the masters of chaos, but most will remain faithful and ready to fight the darkness wherever it threatens to infect the realm. You are members of that exceptional class. Adventurers who have journeyed to the keep on the borderlands in search of fame and fortune. Of course, you're inexperienced, but you have your skills and a heart that cries out for adventure. You have it in you to become great, but you must gain experience and knowledge, and a greater skill awaits. There is much to learn, and you're willing and eager to be about it. Now you must fend for yourselves. Your fate is in your hands, for better or worse. So as it stands, uh, y'all have been approached by Faldar. Faldar is uh, a short, stocky fellow. He is a dwarf through and through. He's concerned about the the prospects of some various mines, uh, or at least remnants of mines that lie to the north here in what we call the borderlands. So he struck out on his own. You know, he comes from a family of of some repute. Uh, he is looking to make his own mark, though, and so he has contracted uh, the two of you to to go adventuring to go a viking if you will to look for your riches and to help him map out what might be uh, a lucrative site for gold or mithril or some sort of rare or unique metals i perun the thunderer i bring his light to every dark corner of the world that's me gustav the great gustav gustav is a cleric of perun yes perun is the thunder god he uh he he throws down lightning bolts from on high. He's the arbiter. He sits atop the world tree and maintains uh a strong hand in these in these rough lands. What do you want me to say? What what is your character about, John? Uh right. who do we ha- who do we have here in our presence? This is Yotis. Yotis is a itinerant boxer. He used to be a logger, but then all of his friends and coworkers got killed by vampires. So he's kind of superstitious. He also believes in Perun, but he's a little leery of religion at this point because you know the undead have killed a lot of his friends. I got you. That's that's probably a a, a fearsome thing to behold. Is he is he a relatively young man? Yeah, I would say so. Like late twenties. Okay. Uh, how would you guys describe your characters? Are they, you know, it sounds like a. a a logger turned boxer. He's probably a bit brawny, right? Yeah. Yotis is pretty tall. He's like six foot three, pretty brawny guy. 
He's got no hair, but he's got some mutton chops that he really likes to take care of. Nice, nice. And what about Gustav? Gustav is uh, also quite large, uh, bearded, uh, has a, a merry laugh, uh, sort of approaches life with, uh, from the outside, almost a reckless abandon. But uh, really, he just finds mirth in, in most situations. And uh, he's sort of been raised in this uh, this sort of uh, more monastic order of uh, Perun. Okay. And he is uh, not inexperienced in terms of adventuring. He's he's been uh, to to raid the the lands of the the kobolds before, but has never been to this specific uh, region. Okay. And. Uh, has met up with a, uh, a fellow follower of Perun that uh, used to be a boxer, and they've spent many nights in the tavern talking about glories past and, and reminiscing and, and uh, storytelling and trying to uh, uh, outdo one another with the the tales of, of their exploits. And uh, they're and arm wrestling know, and arm wrestling each other and, and just nice. generally sort of. Generally, sort of hanging out, and now both I think uh, uh, Gustav and Yotus are ready to uh, take Valdar up on his offer and and see what treasures, what riches, what glory they can discover in the uh, the the mountains. Yeah, I suppose. and uh, you know, looking forward to bringing the the light of Perun to the dark places. This is a dark time. Over the past couple of years, uh, there've been a number of goblin kind and orc kind spilling out of the, the Northern mountains where you guys are at. You're sort of uh, where, where you grew up and where you, you know, your, your roots are from are in the Northern reaches of the realm. So it's, it's a mix of, of rolling, hills, uh, forest land, and some rocky, craggly, small mountains. But but to the north and to the east, there are clear, large mountains. These, these are wild, wild lands. Uh, you do not find settlements in, in those reaches of, of the mountains. So, so where you're heading is this place known as uh, uh, Castellan's Keep, uh, it's one of the the outposts that really forms uh, sort of a border point and is charged with with protecting protecting the realm. Uh, and as you guys mentioned, you were encountered by this this dwarf named Faldar. Faldar is he's a well kept fellow. Uh, he's clearly someone that that falls within the the average appearance of a of a dwarf. He's 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 wearing uh, you know chainmail he has a well-worn cloak from traveling he's come further from the west heading to the northeast to get to these mountains so he's he's already been on the road when he approaches y'all in the tavern uh in the in the city that y'all are are at uh you know he's he's a fellow that has uh some way with words he's clearly not a, a a fellow that has uh what you would call a high charisma sort of you know outside of character you know in those sorts of terms but he's he can get his point across he's he's not awkward to talk to uh he 
seems to this point to have uh, a good amount of money. He's he's pretty clear that he can foot the bill to get you out to the mountains. He seeks protection. He seeks he seeks some strong arms, some strong backs, and some fellows that aren't afraid to go poking around in an area that might be a little bit dark and dank to see what's around the corner. Uh, so you know. His general appearance is one of of a hardy dwarf. One thing that's of note is uh, a shield over the, the, the many nights that y'all have been riding to get to the keep on the borderlands. Uh, every, every night or so, he meticulously uh, polishes this, this shield that's, that's clearly important to him. And in fact, when you ask him about it, it's a family heirloom. It's something that's been handed down. It's, it's the shield of his father and his father before him. So it's something that's important to him uh, and is, you know, the way he sees it, you can you can see that uh, Faldar is is ready to to claim his own. You know, his birthright is is this shield, but but really the the world is his oyster, and he seeks it. You know, for his own. I like the cut of this Faldar's jib. Yeah, I am uh, eager to uh, just get in there and. Fight some, fight some kobolds, goblins, whatever we find for the the greater glory. Nice. Uh, I ask uh, Faldar how many days' ride it is to the keep. Well, at this point, you've passed by uh, a small village. Uh, this village is is known as Coldfield, uh, and and I sent this to y'all previously in in some other materials, uh, and we'll post it to the website but if you look at the description of the setting that's kind of the map of of the immediate area that we're at and so if you can look at that and john i don't know if you can pull that up where I you're can, at i actually can. is it the northland surrounding castellan's keep i can i can pull it up i think and then share my desktop with you that's right so let's just uh um, so john what you were referring to earlier that's the correct that's the correct map Okay, it's in the Bourbon and Barbarians folder on the That's right. Dropbox. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm looking at it then. Okay, yeah, so so looking at that, uh, in the lower left-hand corner, so that's going to be to the southwest of this map, you see a handful of, of small buildings and some, some arable land that I've sketched in there. That is the, the village of Coldfield. It's not large. Uh, and in fact, y'all are riding through that land at the the break of day and you're you're heading north uh and at that point faldar says that y'all should be reaching the keep by by afternoon you all have uh a number of workhorses that you're riding as well as a couple extra uh horses that are going to be useful for packing in and out of materials when you you know when you get to this cave that you're or, or mine that you're interested in exploring and what's the plan when we get there? Well, from what uh, from what Faldar knows, there's there's gold in them Thar Hills, uh, but we don't <laughs> we don't really know what's there. This is something that that Faldar's heard rumor about growing up. It's something that his uh, grandfather used to regale him about that there was a number of different. Uh, gold mines to the to the northeast of of where his his clan grew up, you know, and they were they were quite uh, 
quite rich veins of of ore but at the same time uh the growing darkness in the in the mountains uh pushed out a lot of those uh those miners, a lot of those dwarves that were that were there in the mountains, and so uh, those those mines have been abandoned, and it seems like they're they're there for the taking. Do you, the citizens of Cold Creek know anything about it? Uh, Coldfield. Coldfield. Uh, well, you you ride through, uh, and go ahead and make an intelligence check, uh, uh, Jotus. Uh, so yeah. in this case, you're okay. Gonna, yeah, let's describe how we're doing this. Yeah. So in this case, uh, this is going to be just a standard intelligence check to see if you sort of recognize some of the some of the culture that you're passing by. So a standard difficulty here is going to be to roll three d six, which would be analogous to you rolling your attribute. So you know it makes sense if you have a high attribute score, say a seventeen or an eighteen, you're almost always going to be rolling under that. So you would yeah. get the answer. You would have a success. But if this was more difficult, I might would say that it's a 4d6 or a 5d6 uh, difficulty. And so in that case, it's much harder for you to roll under your ability score. Does that make sense, John? Yeah, I can I can follow that. Yeah, so so in Jodas's case, go ahead and roll a 3d6. And what's his intelligence? He has a 10. Okay, so in this so case... I roll three six-sided dice. Mm-hmm. Die. And if it's a 10 or lower, I'm good? Yep, yep. You would have a success. It is an 8. All right. So so you know, like, as you pass, there's there's a lot of, of small farmsteads that you come through. These folk are uh, quite uh, quite lanky. They, they're a little bit uh, dusky in terms of their, their skin color. Uh, they tend to have... Uh, long black hair that they they like to braid back and they wear uh a number of of various colored colored garbs and that's 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 not necessarily the the prevailing uh ethnic group that you see within the region here there's a lot of fairer skinned uh folk that that are quite stocky in their build uh you know that the people here in coldfield from what you've seen are are what we would call Kalish folk. Uh, and in general, they get a bad rap wherever they're found. They are uh, oftentimes wanderers, oftentimes uh, people that are, that are transient, moving from place to place. But in this case, it seems like Coldfield is, is a community, albeit it's isolated, right? Because it's up here in the Northlands, but it's an actual permanent community of this Kalish folk. Go ahead, Josh. No, I have nothing. Yeah, so oh. y'all y'all can go ahead and pass through. And like I mentioned, Faldar says that you're going to be able to reach uh, the keep by by the mid-afternoon hours. Okay. Uh, so in general, like looking at that map, you're going to see that that's, that's something on horseback that you can easily get to within the day from Coldfield up to the keep. Uh, it's something that takes probably half of a day or a little bit, a little bit over. So like uh, nine kilometers, it looks like. From the yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So something like that. So on horseback, you can easily get there. Now it's worth noting that in coal, coal field, you can see there, there's a river to the east. There's a lot of arable land. These are rolling hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh, go ahead and roll an intelligence check. Okay. 
These are the the dice that you gave me forever ago that are hard to see. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, yeah. I got a six, and my intelligence is twelve. Nice. So yeah, you you readily see. So so this is a cold northern landscape, right? Yeah. But right now it is midsummer. There's uh, still a lot of daylight throughout the day. Uh, you see a lot of broccoli, a lot of arugula, a lot of kale, a lot of like cold season vegetables. These people are clearly like growing things in the middle of summer that you would normally see growing like at the end of the season. Uh, but they're, they're farming it for all that it's worth. Uh, and so there's a lot of arable land around Coldfield, uh, but yet it's cold, obviously. Uh, but as you're climbing, the, the trail that leads up to the keep. This is a, this is a well-used path. Uh, you're going uphill, and you're getting into rocky outcrops, and you're getting to the base of the mountains here. Does it look like the people in Coldfield are are starving or wanting or anything like that, or they're they're a, a hardy? No, it's, people. from from what y'all see, you see a couple different farmers that are out tending the fields as you're coming through, like people that are close by the road, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you pass, there's there's clearly some some community center that's that's near the sort of the central hub of town. These people are fine. They're okay. they're thriving uh, as as much as you can in these northern lands. They definitely don't have uh, riches and resources abounding, but the folks that you see are wearing clothes that are that are not falling off their bodies. You know, they have animals that aren't, uh, you know, just skin and bones. It's the middle of summer. They're busting their ass to make sure that they're good for the cold times that are going to lay ahead when winter gets there. Yeah. Fat goats. How do they feel about us? Uh, they look at you, uh, but they don't necessarily... Uh, they're standoffish. They don't. You're not approached by anyone. No, okay. no smiles are returned. No, it's it's more or less just like looking at you as you pass. I continue on. Yep. So oh, we got, oh, we have to say stuff like that. Well, I mean, yeah, I, it's just I flavor. Mean, I and and I'll you know if 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 it seems like the scene's sort of wrapping up here, you know, I'll just I'll just assume if you if you're quiet, I'm gonna assume that you're going along. As you described previously, yeah these these people of Coldfield, their goats are fat and their fields are full. Let's move on. <laughs> I don't like the smell of broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> so you're 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 going up the hills here. Uh, okay, so so you're able to get up to the keep uh, without incident. Like I said, this is this is a. Uh, a track that is wide enough so that a cart can easily get up and down. And when I say a cart, I mean an actual cart, you know, that would be loaded down with, with, with goods. Uh, and that makes sense. These are folk that are probably supplying the keep, you know, that's, that's what I was going to ask is, does it look like the, the, the folks of Coldfield are, are tithing to the keep or like just general sort of working, to or selling their goods like how you don't know for sure but but there's cl- like as evidenced by this path there's movement back and forth okay uh and that's that's safe to assume like the the keep as it's been described to you is 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 a small uh village in and of itself but 
you know, they can't necessarily provide themselves with all the goods that they need. So, so it seems like Coldfield's probably the closest source of broccoli and, and, uh, <laughs> you know, cabbage, <laughs> you know, to keep the people fed. Yeah. They make a lot of stir fry. <laughs> so, so you approach the keep and you can see it, uh, looming before you. I say to Jotun, this place has strong rocks, good bones. This is good land. Strong land. Yeah. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I smile and look away. Yeah. <laughs> so ahead, you can see the winding road, and there's there's this sort of sheer-walled uh, mount of stone. The keep itself is almost growing straight out of out of a cliff face. It's not it's not sheer cliffs, but it w- you would be hard pressed to actually get up to the walls of the keep itself. You know, just on foot, like it's hard scrabble and it's upslope. Uh, so there's a, there's a narrow path that runs around the keep and brings you up to sort of the main gangway that would lead into it. So uh, yeah, go ahead. Just just to visualize, is this kind of like Helm's Deep from the 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 Lord of the Rings movies, or is yeah, it more it, more upland? It's it is uh, more. It's not it's not as hemmed in, so okay. it's not just like a single face of the wall that is uh you know exposed. You can see all sides of this keep. Okay, it's just that it's on sort of a rocky jutting up point, mm-hmm. so it has a pretty high vantage to survey. The immediate area. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Can Faldar tell us anything about the history of this place? <laughs> no, Probably he not. doesn't. He, do, he doesn't know a whole lot about it. I mean, he knows that uh, the the Castellian. They call it. Uh, Castellian's keep the like the Castellian is sort of a governor like the 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 person that's in control of this northern lands and so he's really the uh the officer that's in charge of this northern portion of of the the Grand Duke of Karamikos that's where you guys are from this 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 uh large uh l- large suite of lands that are you know kind of wild uh, there's there's some semblance of order and government, but it's it's kind of it's kind of rough and wild, especially on the northern edges where you guys are from. Uh, but the the Castellian, his name is Borislav. He's 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 known as a hard man, but it takes a hard man to rule uh, the keep here and to keep you know uh, keep the northern paths clear and safe really so so that's really all he knows that and that there's a large supply of of soldiers that are garrisoned here thanks faldar (laughs) that's what that's what faldar can can tell you uh but but in general you know you've you've been you've been traveling for many days you guys are pretty weird you didn't stop at Coldfield on your way in you were just sort of looking around as you came through uh you're leaving the realm behind you and you're entering this wilder area of the borderlands uh the farming area and that town has become uh you know just it's it's in your rearview mirror it's gone uh and by by mid-afternoon you've moved up a narrow rocky path and there's this sheer wall of natural stone along your left and so the path is sort of curving around it you're you're moving counterclockwise along this path coming up to the main entrance of the keep uh and 
as you approach, the gates to the keeper open. Uh, there's a blue-clad men-at-arms. He's standing there, uh, and he asks you, you know, what is your business? And specifically, he's looking at the, the, the cleric here in front of him. Okay. Um, I smile and say, greetings, friend. <laughs> <laughs> this, this guy, he, he looks at you. He says, uh, uh, what's your business here? Uh, I come northward with my friend Yotas and and my other friend Faldar. <laughs> do and you do you have uh, audience that 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 will take place with with the curate? I'm not sure if we're expected. I, I don't know. I I don't think I don't think that uh, I don't think that Gustav would know if we are expected. We're just sort of going with. Faldar here, and and the logistics have been up to him. I think so. Faldar, I, Faldar says, "Oh yeah, we're not expected." He sort of whispers that. Ah, ah, <laughs> ah no, Faldar. yeah, yeah, no, like a like a struck, uh, like a bolt of lightning from a clear sky. We appear before you, uh, but we come with strong arms and strong swords, and you you wield a sword, right? And I I have a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> two axes two axes. axes okay good uh well the the one fellow he says well uh it seems as if you're good men uh and i'm franz and i i like the <laughs> i like the look of you so so please come in uh thanks franz i i do have my holy symbol of uh my holy symbol of Perun, which I assume is like an inverted hammer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that, that's sort of hanging around my neck. Okay. Like it, someone looking at me would know that I was a cleric of Perun just from that probably uh, because it's more ornate than normal. But otherwise I'm, I'm just an armored. Dude. Well, actually, so the symbol of Perun is sort of a, uh, 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 what do you call that? Like a hexagon? Okay. Like a six-sided kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, like a dream catcher. It, it is like a dream catcher. It's something that you would see like a beaten piece of metal where you would have like a number of sort of chiseled sort of okay. lines making it. But you're right. Like if you if you had that like a, a small trinket of a hammer or an axe around your neck or even uh, a lightning bolt, any of those things would easily be passing for, for a holy symbol. Uh, I'm sorry, a holy symbol. Uh, Perun is is the thunder god and has lots of aspects depending on what portion of the of the northlands you're from but bottom line is he's a badass and he likes to kick ass and he's an enforcer I, i'm Long going to use him. <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to use as many lightning puns as <laughs> as possible all right uh franz he likes that he's uh He's not necessarily the uh, the the brightest light bulb, you know, that you're seeing here. But but he's an amicable guy. He's clad in blue, uh, wearing armor. Obviously, he's the, the the gatekeeper. Yeah. So so Hans is there talking to y'all, uh, and he's explaining that uh, that it's fine that you come in. You know, he looks out and he says, "How long are y'all wanting to stay?" Yoltis. One, One night, I think. Would be. Uh, a night? Are we passing through? Do we tell him we're just passing through? Uh, he well, Faldar's Faldar's actually kind of quiet. He's, he's quiet. He's he's just sort of letting y'all do the talking. You know, he paid you to be the to be the the strong arms for this mission, but at the same well, time too, it seems like he's he's more than happy to let y'all sort of make the make the story up too. Okay. Um, I, I say racist against him uh, against Faldar. 
Yeah. No, no, it seems like he's okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, uh, add, do you ask Franz that? No. Okay. I don't. <laughs> what's wrong? You don't like dwarves? <laughs> what's, what's wrong? <laughs> My friend here is joking. Yeah. <laughs> well, Franz. We, 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 uh, I tell him, I ask him, uh, is there any need for, for, uh, for two or, or even three? Like, do you, do you need any extra hands around the keep? Uh, Franz says, well, I don't know. You would have to talk to, uh, to my boss. Okay. Uh, and right about that point, uh, another fellow comes up and it's, it's, uh, it's his buddy he's carrying like two big ass, uh, like, like turkey legs, like you might see at a Ren Fair or something nice. like that. Uh, and, and so Franz is like, oh, great, it's lunch. He, just, he snags one of them. So he starts like talking over bits and pieces of of poultry like spilling out of his <laughs> mouth. So uh, he says, you know, this is my buddy, Johan. So you've got Franz and Johan here. Uh, and they they don't really know much of nothing. They know that they watch the gate. They know that... If you're coming in tonight, that's fine, uh, and you can seek some shelter at the inn. Uh, you can't, you can't after hours. Once the gates are closed for the keep, the gates are closed for the keep. Okay, you can't you can't like leave in the middle of the night, and you can't come in in the middle of the night. Very strict orders, and you can tell that Franz and and uh, Johan, they're they're kind of doofuses, but this is this has been drilled into their heads. They know. That when the gates are closed, the gates are closed, uh, and they know that they go and talk to their boss if they have any things that's more complicated. So at this point, they're going to say, "Yeah, you should go in and talk to our boss okay. <laughs> to find out if there's help to be to be needed." That sounds good. So maybe we should, Yotus, Yotus, maybe we should uh, visit the inn. Uh, Absolutely. Secure secure lodgings. Find out what checkout time is. Yeah. <laughs> and and then see if we can gain audience with the boss. Yes, we need to speak to the castellan. Boss has an umlaut over the O. <laughs> Boost. So Boost. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this to Josh here. So this is basically what the keep looks like. Okay, I can send this. Uh, to Go ahead, Luke. Deutsch. Yeah. So you guys walk in, and you know you come through the main entryway, and once you get to the to sort of the the main path like you you enter in the keep and you're kind of looking at the southwest southeast uh corner of of the map that's where you're at uh but you come in and you look look to your right you see uh a stone wall you know the path only goes so far it only goes just probably 30 or 40 feet and then it stops but if you look to the south uh look to your left you can see further on uh that's the the sort of southern boundary of the keep and you can see a fellow who's who's marching back and forth uh along here and he looks a bit more official than than uh franz and johan the the doofy minute arms that you were talking to before this guy is a legit uh soldier Okay, so we came in at uh, number one there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, yep. and we go in, and he is immediately like we see him immediately just past the gate. Sorry, I was like to the that no to, to the to the south. Okay. Uh, you can see you can see so like we hang a, a legit sol- soldier. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you guys go ahead and uh, roll intelligence. Okay. Checks too. 
No, I don't think that's a very good roll. I got a 13, and my intelligence is 12. Okay. I got a 10, and mine is 10. Okay, so, so John, you can you can make out, and and Thaldar, he, he sees it, too, and he sort of nods, and he says, you know, if you're looking up there at, uh, at some of the parapets, there's a mix of uh, ballista and catapults like this this keep is up on a little bit of an elevated point here but they have uh long range defenses like if there was some sort of siege against the keep they could probably hold out for a long time uh now these ballistae and and catapults wouldn't be able to say like get down to cold field it's just way too far that's like you know kilometers or miles away uh but they could easily cover a wide swath uh to the east and to the south here with the keep and if you know if you're looking to the north like back behind the keep it's just mountains like it's it quickly becomes high elevation terrain that way Um, gustav i think you should ask the soldier why they're so loaded for bear what is your charisma yotis Mine is sixteen. Oh wow! Yours. You should ask people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should you're ask. A pr- you're a pretty boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm. I'm a very scarred, um, very bearded, snaggletoothed. Oh, I have a broken nose and a black eye. <laughs> but you're still. You're but like in a drama. sexy way. Like like oh. Brad Pitt from Fight Club, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like Channing Tatum. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I, like yeah. I love it. <laughs> So I roll. What do I just roll and ask him? So, uh, so go ahead. Yeah. So, so you walk up to to this soldier who's who's like on duty, uh, yep. and what are you asking him specifically? Hi, what's your name, there, sir? <laughs> Hello. Are you? Trying, I noticed. Who are you? <laughs> you're trying to like woo him. I, I just, you know, I want to start a conversation with the fellow. Okay. Okay. Well, he's he's amicable enough. He says, "Oh, hey, who are you?" I'm Yotis. Uh, I'm part of this traveling trio back here. Uh, we're stopping in. We think we're going to stay for the night. I was just hoping maybe to chat with you about the keep for a little bit. Okay. Well, he, you know, I said he was amicable enough, and the first words out of his mouth were, who are you? Like, he's a soldier. He's on duty. Yeah. But he's not a no, total, like, he's not totally just, like, uh, pissed off that you're here. Uh, and you get the sense that, you know, this isn't an, uh, like, this happens. Uh he, he says, uh, I'm Corporal Bosch. Uh, I'm, I'm here on duty. And uh, what brings you to this keep? Well, we were hired back here by Faldar, me and Gustav, my pal over here, the cleric. And uh, he's, he's brought us up here to help him out with a job. But I'm just really interested in the keep. I haven't been here before. And I'm kind of curious. <laughs> what's all this? What's all this? Weaponry up here for you. Yeah. My friend and I are on vacation together, and we would like to know more about the history of your We're on keep. Our honeymoon. This is our love child. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he's he looks at you and he says, "Well, it's clear you're not neither of you are enlisted men, or the little man." And he makes a, a wry sort of reference to Faldar there. Uh, he but says, he's "Big in spirit." <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, the keep is is to to maintain the this northern point where we're defending the realm. 
From what though? From uh from the wilds. He says, "If you, where where are you from?" Well, I'm from up north here too, but I guess I just I've never seen heavy artillery like this. I'm just a boxer. Well, I got, I, you're right, Corporal. I'm not an enlisted man. You're, I'm just kind of curious about your gig here. Well, you're what's your job? You're clearly from from a city. I can tell that uh, by the by the cut of your jib. <laughs> uh, <laughs> here in the north, here in the north, north, the true north. There there are lots of things that that go bump in the night that are that are trying to. Uh, to make their way south and and it's up to us we're we're the front line we're saving your lives you bump back we we will bump back that's from hellboy thank you for your service corporal <laughs> he's he is uh clearly like drank the kool-aid this fellow okay. he's all about it uh yeah 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 this guy he is saving your life every night uh that's the way he sees it like you go to sleep in your in your bunk, the little city that you're from, and it's because of him that you're able to sleep every night because he's out here at the keep. Gratitude, brother. <laughs> Are you a religious man? He he says, "Well, uh, I I ally with Perun. Who does not? I who does not? All who are wise know who to who to love. Yeah, it's." It's a, uh, I mean, he looks at you and he said, who else would you ally with? I say, let's go, go <laughs> let us go now to the tavern to drink and talk of Perun and adventures. He looks, he looks up at the, uh, at the sky and he sees that, you know, the sun is going down. It's, it's setting, uh, fairly soon. He says, well, not for, not for some time, but he looks at you and he says, I thought you hadn't been here. Never been, no. Uh, well, in that case, you should go to to the drunk duck, and he 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 thumbs his finger uh, <laughs> toward number fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> Towards uh, well, you know, from where you guys are at, basically to the interior of the keep. Okay. He says that there is there is a tavern, and he calls it the drunk duck. Okay. Uh, he and his as an aside, he said, "Oh, that's right. Uh, you're you're not from here. It's it's the the dabbling Drake. Uh, look for the look for the sign with the with the duck on the on the on the wall." Well, thank you for I your think. help, and we will meet again. He says, "I'll be I'll be off here in two to three hours. Uh, if y'all are there, I'll see you then." 